Well, hey, Fellowship, uh, Pastor Seth here. Uh, I have the enormous privilege of sitting down with one of our faithful members at the St. George's campus, Miss Ola. And uh, she's coming in today to, to talk about prayer. She's a genuine prayer warrior. Uh, she comes from prayer warriors, uh, and it's a significant component of her life. And so I figured it'd be uh, a good idea to hear from her and glean some wisdom, whatever we can, from uh, Miss Ola. So, hey, Ola, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, yes, we're in our 40 days, right? And t- I think today is probably day six or uh, maybe five. No, it's day six. Um, so how how's it been going for, for you? What have you been fasting from? Just share whatever you, uh, you're comfortable sharing about that. The way I was taught to fast or I've been fasting is I fast everything except for water. <laughs> I drink water all day and then I break my fast about five or six in the evening and I've done that every single day. So you're fasting every day mm-hmm. till five or six p.m.? Except for water. I drink water all day long. Interesting. Is that how you've, do you have a lot of history with fasting or have you done it? Yes. <laughs> It looks like you're, uh, you've got quite a bit of history. Can you walk us through what your experiences with that has been and how it's been beneficial to you? Oh, okay. That's a very good question. Thanks for asking that. So um, I was just taught out to fast since I was uh, little, I guess. Uh, I'm originally from Nigeria, but I've lived here for 34 years. And um, it's just part of our daily, uh, like during the uh Fasting period, like uh, during before Easter, we fast. And sometimes you fast every day. I mean, it's just part of what you do. You just want to get close to God and seek the face of God. And sometimes fasting, there are different kinds of fasting. You've heard about Esther's fast or Daniel's fast. And some other time we can go into different kinds of fasting and what the significant it is. And so... You can fast whichever way God is leading you. Some people will fast from a certain thing. Some might fast from TV. Some might fast from social uh, fast from social media. Some might say they don't just want to eat meat. Yeah. Some might say they don't want to eat meat. So it depends on what you're comfortable with. And some people do total fasting. Did you grow up in the church? Yes, I did. So you came from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember you saying a really interesting story about your mom, or was it your grandmother? My mom. Yeah, and uh, would you sh- be willing to share that story? Oh, absolutely. So my mom, uh, you know, their generation, my mom is actually 83 years old, but, you know, they, she grew up Anglican, and it's just a matter of just going to church. Um, there's nothing about uh, having been born again or anything like that. But she grew up in church, and then she got married uh, to my father. And then, uh, you know, you're going to marry and live happily ever after, and that didn't happen to her. So two years into her marriage, everything just went wrong. And uh, so she decided, and my dad was, uh, like, in the government, like a really powerful uh, person, and so, and my mom, she didn't really have anyone to turn to except for Jesus. So I think that's where she really uh, met our Lord. And so she's been married since, uh, to Jesus since, since then, I would say. And so all through our trials and tribulations, we've seen her turn to Christ. 
And then we've just watched her grow, developed her prayer life. Oh, I think she was like in and out and in and out. And she just developed this prayer after she lost a son. Um, back home, this then, is your, your my mother. mom, yeah. Back home back then, or they still do it. Uh, people would like go to, like if you want to travel or whatever, you go pray. Or maybe a pastor will pray for you or whatever. But anyway, they told her, oh, you'll go fine and everything will be fine. But when she traveled, her son died. So then she was reading the Bible again and she realized that the curtain of when Jesus died, that there's open access to everyone to develop their prayer life. You don't need any pastor or anyone to come to Jesus. You can develop your prayer life. And she's worked consistently then, since then, to just learning how to read that Bible, learning how to pray the scriptures. And so she became an evangelist herself. I mean, she didn't have any formal training or anything like that. It's just by walking through the Bible, reading through the Bible, and just believing what the Bible says. And so we, our children watch her grow, and we just emulate what she did. So when you say emulate, what did her prayer life look like? And what did you see it look like? And Oh, that's interesting. Thanks for that question. It's just praying every day. She prays for every single thing. She prays to find her keys. She prays to everything. When her feet hits the ground, she's praying. I remember every time I have children, she will always come and help me. Sometimes she stays like uh, a year, whatever, but she's constantly praying. I remember my oldest is 32 years now, but one night he came to me at uh, he was like four years old or whatever because my mom goes back and forth from Nigeria to here. And he's like, does grandma ever sleep? I'm like, yes, she does. What do you mean? <laughs> it's like every time I wake up to go to the bathroom, she's always praying. I don't think she sleeps. I'm like, wow. trust me, she sleeps. She's okay. <laughs> but that's how much she prays. She just prays constantly and uh, everything there's no topic too small, too big, or too little to pray, but not only for herself, just she prays for nations. Uh, everybody have different ministry. I ju- our own ministry is just prayer. Yeah, and w- was she the lady that uh, people thought she had a different name than she actually had? Oh, oh this is recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I have a, a little brother. Uh, my brother is... Uh, my our youngest is 42, so he's been married for a while and he didn't have any children. But anyway, God answered prayer and about uh, 10 years after the marriage, he had a baby. And so we all just went and we just actually came back. And so when I got to London, I just saw this little boy, the baby is only year old, was saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. I was like, who is hallelujah here? And they said, oh, he's calling my mom. He thought the one-year-old thought that's her name. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. So that's uh, because she's always, every time you meet her, she's always in the posture of prayer. Wow. So, so they thought her name was hallelujah. Yeah, the one-year-old thought her name was, and he actually calls uh, uh, hallelujah. So That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, growing up in that kind of environment, what? Uh, how did that shape you, and what is your prayer life look like? Um, you know, how are you continuing to walk in, in that posture as well? Yeah. I mean, the thing about when you see people pray, it's like, um, and you see the evidence of the prayer every single day in 
little things and simple things and also in big things, it makes you to have more faith that with God all things are possible. But one thing I would like to share really about our prayer life or my motto about prayer is this. What I saw in my mom that I really emulate is the posture of her heart all through. You see, um, for me, my motto has always been uh, Psalm 24, verses 3 to 6, that says, Who will ascend unto the hill of the Lord, and who will stand in his holy place? He who has a clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Mm. When we are go to God in prayer, actually, it all has to be do with the posture of our heart. So throughout our day, days, or day or days, when we know that our heart is right, because the prayer talks about praying, I mean, the Bible talks about praying amiss, that is praying for the wrong reason. But the work of prayer actually starts with the way we live our lives. When we live our lives in a way that is pleasing to God in everything that we do, then it makes our prayer life go smoothly. It makes our prayer life uh, a little bit easier. Mm. Because I've always, apart from Jesus, the person that I want to emulate is David, actually. Because I always say that what makes him for God to call him a man after his own, my own heart. It's because David always seeks to please God in yes. everything that he does. I've been studying uh, Psalm 18 lately, and I'm looking at verses 20 to 23 where he says, The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanliness of my hand, he rewarded me. So every, if we know that even in our Christian our walk, as we do this walk every day, we've got to walk in such a way that emulates Jesus so that when it's time for us to pray, there's a direct link. It wouldn't be like we're laboring to pray or we're laboring to do this because already we have access, that access is there. And so it's always about the posture of our heart and the way we live our life on a daily basis. And the less uh, sin, the more we covet to be like Christ. It just makes our prayer life easier. That's one thing I saw with my mom in everything that she does. If you know her very well, if you know her character, if you are close to her, you can always say, oh, you don't need her to speak. People know oh, she can do this or she can do that. And that's really very powerful. And I try to emulate that. That's really beautiful. Um, <clears throat> you said something earlier that I want to I hear your thoughts on praying the scriptures. Yes. Um, what does that look like for you? If somebody is interested in trying praying the scriptures, what's the best way to get started with that? Okay. I have uh, in my notes here that the best weapon, uh, weapon we have is the scripture. We are so very busy. We need to be intentional in learning the scripture and the way we pray the scripture. I have this thing that says, uh, if we are not praying the scripture, we are just speaking English. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no power in our word, but there's power in the word of God. And that's why I've been uh, enjoying the way we've been doing this uh, praying and fasting since we've started. Because we are really praying, we have a focus and we're praying the scripture, right? And if you are praying something and you can't back it up with the Bible verse, like I said, you're just speaking English. Mm. I'm in the sciences. We, call it, we do things, we call it evidence-based. Like if you go to, uh, if you're sick and you go to the doctor, they give you a prescription. So they won't give you a diabetic medicine for high blood pressure, right? Right. So they'll give you the right medicine. And the same thing, when you start to pray the scripture, you will see that scripture too is evidence-based, right? There are particular scriptures for a particular thing that you have to. So you need to know what you're praying about. You need to know what scripture you need to use for that particular thing. And so I tell people when they want to start to learn about praying, praying effectively, like hitting the bull's eye instead of just going all over the place, is you need to learn your scripture. And you can start little. I'm going to say, like back in the day, we used to put like our scripture on the postcard and we stick it on the fridge. But now what I find out is with this uh, iPhone or whatever phone that you have, Android, you need to program your scripture into your phone like a, and let it be a reminder for you. So in my phone, I have different scripture like at 12 noon, which is my lunchtime. Every day or once a week or whatever, whichever way you want to do it, you have the same scripture. And you say repeat every day or whatever. If you learn something every single day for 30 days, it becomes part of you. And once that scripture is learned, you switch it, you change it. So that's a way we can use technology. Uh, because all of us have a phone, so we can use that technology to uh, learn how do we uh, read a Bible, we can, we can learn it that way, so that's easy. Another thing, uh, one other thing came up, especially for parents with uh, young children, uh-huh. we can help our kids learn their scriptures. We are uh, at a home group the other day, we were talking about uh, mothers with young children, they don't have time, or, or parents with young Children have a time for closet. So I explained to them that at that particular time, whatever you do with your children, whether we're in the car, driving them to a sport, uh, sports or whatever, one of their games, we can spend that time. God honors that time. We can use that time with our children to teach them scriptures. We can make as much fun out of all those things like we can do. So it, it does not necessarily look for praying for everyone is different depending on where you are in your life, in your circle of life. So it will be different from me uh, than someone who has little kids. But God is looking for our faithfulness in the way we pray. So we can share that time with our children. We can have them color scriptures and things like that. So it depends on how we want to do it. But God knows who is formed in you in me, and he knows the attributes that we have. As long as we let God use you, use each and every one of us in this prayer, he will let us know what we are doing right or what we are doing wrong and how we can do it better with our family, with our older children. I was telling Pastor said the other day, like when my kids were little, 
I used to pay my kids to learn scripture. I mean, that's just what I mean. It, it sounds, I mean, I don't know whether it sounds bad or whatever. And because when I was uh, little, I was, I did Awana a lot and we learn a lot of scriptures. And that is one of the things that sustained me till today. I don't, sometimes I, most of the time I don't need my Bible. Most of the scripture is in my head. And how, what else can we invest in our children? And you know, kids, they like money, even when they're little, like, $5 is a lot of money to them. So I, I even make a contest out of it. Like if you learn that scripture earlier than your brother or your sister, you get extra $5 or extra $10. Oh, you need to see how they, they start to learn their scriptures. So that's how I was able to get uh, scripture because I know when they leave my house, which they already have, um, they're not taking me with them. So they need to learn all these things from when they're little. So that's another thing that I think I could share with parents of uh, younger folks. And just let your kids learn uh, scriptures. You can say, I'm going to take you out or I'm going to give you this. Because when they do their church, we give them money. They, we give them allowance. So why don't we add that to it? If you learn this or you get extra five bucks or something like that, we are really investing in their lives. Because Along, a lot of time they'll be gone and it's that scripture that will remain with them. You're definitely uh, the first person I've heard that uh, has given me the idea to pay kids to learn scripture. I think it's brilliant. Uh, I've been talking a lot with my, uh, with my own kids about um, just prayer in general. What is prayer? Uh, getting away from the idea that prayer is simply talking to God, but it is a conversation with God that it involves also listening and hearing from him and not just constantly, you know, just giving him requests and hoping he gets your requests or whatever that might be. Um, so would you say for, for younger kids is the best, is the, is the probably the most impactful thing to do when they're that little, is it to get them into the scriptures? Is it to, to teach them how to pray scripture? Is it, uh, just teaching them to hear or listen or uh, what, what do you think is the most valuable thing to teach kids? I think the most valuable thing to teach kids, I'm not sure if this is teach, is to make sure your kids see you do these things. One thing my kids know about me is like, I'm real. What I say I will do, they see me pray all the time. They see me do the things the way God wants us to do things. And I'm just very, and I learned that from my mom, I'm just very strong. It doesn't matter. Like when you see me, you will know I am a Christian. There's no, even in this society and all that stuff, it's like, I was telling someone this story. I mean, when they said, what do we do to know each other? You know, in a home group, like I, I'm a singer. I love to sing. And it doesn't matter when I want to sing. I just sing my uh, songs, like uh, spiritual songs. It doesn't matter where I am. I might be at the airport. I might be, when you know me, the way I conduct myself, the way I do my business, I'm a business owner. You just know that this is a child of God. And I'm sorry, if you don't like it, don't come back. That's just, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just like, I don't boast of anything, but I boast of, um, about Christ. Mm. I, I'm so, uh, I don't make no bones about it. That's just me. That's who I am. So my kids see me all through their lives. When I'm at the grocery store, I don't 
cut corners. I just, I just live. I try to live the way God wants us to live. So that's number one. Number two, make these things fun. When my kids were little, uh, there used to be this thing called Bible man. You know, at that point, we are struggling with all these other things that are coming out. Uh, I can't even remember most of them. Then there was this show, uh, Bible Man. I don't know whether they still have it, but it's more like the, you know, when they fight and all that stuff. And it was the video. So let's Mm. dig into things like that for our kids so that their heart is so tender. And don't let us bang uh, scripture on our kids' head. Just look at what is appropriate for them at their age. Our kids need our time. I spend my time, like one thing also, uh, with me the way uh, I was just, my mom, I don't remember ever going to parties. I don't even remember going to, I mean, she will go to parties that is related to her, but it's like people will be like, oh, we're going out this. She doesn't have time for that. She has time to actually raise our children Mm. and put scriptures in them. And I think that's also part of the problem that we have. Everybody wants to live up to Mr. Jones, and they don't really have time to do the work that God has given us to in terms of raising our children because that, that's part of what we do as Christian mothers, Christian fathers, as a Christian fold. And so if we spend really the time that we need to spend with our children, maybe we coloring this is a little digression. My kids know, like, if I tell my kids to wash the dishes and they feel like they could go to bed without doing it, I'll just wait till they go to bed. And at 12 midnight, I'll wake them up. <laughs> and I will stay with them to do it. I only have to do it once. I don't, because they know mom. So the same thing in every facet of, the, of uh, when they were growing up, when we want to do prayer, we just do prayer. There's no, even when my kids were teenagers and even when they're in college, they know that my mom is so serious. They tell their friends, they're like, if you come to my house and it's a Sunday morning, you have to come to church with us. It's a must. It's not, <laughs> it's not optional. You have to. So whoever doesn't want to come to church, we have to live on Saturday night. I mean, I mean, and I have kids in my house all the time. Sometimes we have 15, 16 kids, you know, in our house. And, but they know, I just, we have to live this life like this is all we do. This is Mm. what we have. We don't have to, because I tell people, I, how will I put it? I worship my God and I um, do things about my God like I'm at a grizzly game. You know, we see us uh, being fan of all these grizzlies and what, there's nothing wrong with that, but when we are talking to people about Jesus too, we need to have that enthusiasm mm. about our Jesus. This is because he's our all in all. We don't have any other thing but Jesus. Mm. So when it comes to kids, they need to see you the, uh, like this is the person that we serve. So wholeheartedly in everything that we do, spend time with kids, with scripture. We don't just give it to them. But most importantly, I think when they see the way we worship our king. When they see the way our attitude is about our king, they just emulate that. It just flows. If Jesus is everything that you have in your family, I think it just flows. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
I've, I've, <clears throat> during various conversations, one question I like to ask, you know, uh, young fathers, fathers with young kids is, um, you know, if somebody went and asked your kids, what's the most important thing to your dad, what would they say? Um, and just to get them kind of thinking in that way, because uh, what you're saying, I think is hitting it right on the head. It, it, it's everything or it's not like either Jesus is worth everything or, or he's worth nothing. That's right. um, and I think that's really the appropriate way to approach it. Um, but from my experience, I think there's uh, prayer is sort of like a, sort of like a neglected thing in the church. Um, you know, we'll have hundreds of people come to a night of worship where there's music and stuff, but tell them it's a prayer meeting and we might have five or 10 people total. That's uh, correct. So for someone who doesn't have a lot of history, maybe they didn't have the, uh, the really the tremendous privilege of growing up with a mother like yours, you know, uh, and then your kids growing up with, with you, if they've never seen it modeled, if they never really had uh, training in that, what's, what's a good way to start uh, without getting overly frustrated? That's good. That's a very good question. I'm glad you asked that question. The first thing they need to do is uh, ask. We have to start everything with prayer, right? Ask God to just minister unto them as to what they need to do. And number two, I would say, just pick a simple scripture. Everybody has their favorite scripture. Once you pick that scripture, start to learn that scripture. We have to learn that. Uh, scripture first, and we could use uh, some uh, help. There are all kinds of help, like if you want to learn how to pray. But the best example to me is what Jesus did. He, he taught us how to pray. We can start with the Lord's Prayer. When we start with the Lord's Prayer, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, Pray like this. That's what Jesus said. He actually started by saying, uh, when you pray, you pray like this. So let's start with the Lord's Prayer and see. Um, well, I know that by heart. <laughs> Our Father who <laughs> art in heaven. Yeah. That's adoration. You want to adore God. You, we know you live in heaven. You just adore God. Thank you for this, for that, for that. Hallowed be thy name. That's respect to God. So you have your language to praise him. That's the first part of the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, all that is to thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's submission, that we want your will to be done here. And then we ask what we need. Because most people, when they start to pray, <laughs> we always ask and ask and ask. But we have to adore God first. We have to praise him, and that's for the first part of the Lord's Prayer. Then we ask. Um, then we ask for forgiveness of our sins. We want to do all those things. So that would be a way to start. But every little scripture that you, you uh, pick, you need to, you can do some research, just a little bit of research, like what is this scripture saying? And for me, I think the book of Psalms is a good place to start because it's, it's poetry and it's just very easy for you to, you can do Psalm 1 if that's where you want to start and just pray whatever that, in its point, and the guide that the church is giving us right now, it's a good way. They give us a scripture and they give us what it is that they're saying in that that they want us to pray about. And I think that's uh, the way I will start with that. Excellent. I, I, I really appreciate the way you're talking about scripture. You know, oftentimes I think uh, we, can get, we can get really focused on learning about God uh, and we can just try and learn Bible. Um, but 
it's almost like you're, it's not necessarily that there's anything wrong with that, but you're specifically being intentional about taking the scriptures and not making them an end in themselves, but making them part of your prayer life. Like the end of your study of the scriptures is so you can commune with God. It's not just to learn about him. It's actually to be in relationship with that's him. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Want to be in relationship because that's what brings you joy. When you read your Bible, the Holy Spirit itself will minister unto you. It's not about, like I said, it's not about praying. It's not about us just saying words. Praying is about us speaking scripture. And when we start to read scripture every single day, things will happen. People that have read the Bible several times will know that they're reading the scripture today. They read it several times and then, they may have read that scripture for a whole year or maybe 20, 30 times, and then they read it again, they'll be like, mm, a yep. new revelation will come, will just drop into your heart. So that's what scripture, reading the Bible does for us. When we read it, it just gives us peace. Then we see people, uh, there's nothing that we're going through that has never happened before. We see how that problem is being solved, and you know that, if he's done it before, he can do it again. Mm. So that's why we read this scripture. That's why those things are not stories. Like what, for example, what is going on right now in the world, like uh, Queen Elizabeth and all that stuff, that is now. In 50 years, it's going to be history. So those things that we see in the Bible, it wasn't like it didn't happen, like somebody just made it up. It actually happened, and now we're reading about it. And I always make this uh, analogy like we call Abraham the father of faith. Why do we refer him to as that? Because if he didn't, if God t- told him go and he just says, I'm not going, he's not going to be father of faith today. Right. So we need to, the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So we have to start taking that baby step in our lives to want to work out our salvation with fear by believing that he can do what he actually says he will do. And then it is us by doing that in baby step. That's when we have faith. Oh, he did that for me yesterday. Oh, yes, he can do it. And like I said, our words really is not powerful. The power is in the word of God. And that's the other thing why we read the scripture. Like when we want to pray and we pray God's word in itself. I always make a joke like, the devil is not afraid of me, but he's afraid of the Jesus in me, right? So that's why uh, when Jesus actually, did, I always thought about what would happen if Jesus didn't fast for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil came to him? Will he not be able to accomplish? But because of the power that was in him, because of the fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he knew the right scripture to throw at the devil because all these things were going on in the mind of Christ, right? It's, uh, it's the battle of the mind. So once we learn our scripture and then we, all this battle is going on in our mind, we know the right prescription, uh, prescription in terms of the Bible verse to throw back at the devil. And that's why we need to know and to learn our scripture. That's great. Um, that's really helpful. I, let me ask you this question. Um, if, if let's say you're training somebody in, in prayer and, um, you know, they, you send them off for a week, you give them kind of the tools, learn scripture, pray scripture, um, you know, just 
in every act that you do, model it for those around you. Um, let's say somebody comes back to you after a week and says, I feel like I'm talking to a brick wall. I don't know what I'm doing. It's not doing anything for me. I just don't get it. Like, how would you direct that person or how would you respond to that? Okay. I'll just encourage them really that it takes time. Rome wasn't built in a day, right? We've right. all had that expression before. We just like, it takes a lot of prayer is work. Yes. And that's why I said initially about the posture of our heart. We have to have that posture first in everything that we do. And it's not only about uh, talking, talking. I remember you had a sermon the other day about uh, you going to, I think, Gatlinburg and it took you a while to settle down. It's the same mm -hmm. thing. In everything that we do, if we've done things for years and years, we don't expect to just change in a week. That's just with everything that we do. Even in a, if we get a new job, we are a newbie at that job. So I'll just encourage that, I encourage that person to just take time and be patient yep. because you're taking baby steps. We are still baby in this. It's your heart that God is wanting to. Like sometimes, and prayer at different times, look at different things. Like for me, in a day, it's just like sitting still to see if I want to uh, hear what God is saying. Some days it's like praise and worship, just worshiping his majesty. So I just encourage people like, this is not something that you've done and this is not something that's going to happen in a week. Just continue to put your heart. If you do five minutes today, you can, for this week, maybe next week it will be uh, 10 minutes. So the most important thing is not to give up because, I mean, it, it's a new ball game for you. So you have to take baby steps. And God is rewarding us as long as our heart is in it. We will never give up. Just hearing you talk, do you think we live in a time where it's harder to pray than ever with oh. distractions and patience and everything's instant? And Yes, I was even going to say, even for me, like when I go to, uh, sometimes we listen to music, which is like Christian music, and we think that's okay. Like I have like a 25 minutes commute every day to work and I'm always like listening to like uh, Christian music and stuff like that but that's still noise so when you uh, well, the point I was trying to make is that when you did that uh, when you had that sermon about uh, you going out I just stopped turning off my uh, music or whatever when I'm uh, driving I just wanted to be in my head to have scriptures comes back to me and mm -hmm. this has helped me tremendously and to just want to hear what God has to say or what scriptures will come to my head. And when that scripture comes, I start to pray about it. In the other uh, scenario, I wasn't doing something bad or listening to, I was, I'm still praising God, but it's all noise. But now when I'm actually silent and there's silence around me, I'm able to hear more of what God is saying. So, you know, the Bible talks about him being in this still small voice mm -hmm. and we wanted to be silent for some time. And then you just want to hear what God has to say or what message is given to you. And it's very, very difficult to do that. Sometimes, too, it takes a while to settle down also to pray. Like all yeah. the, like five, ten minutes, you're just thinking about, oh, did I close that door? <laughs> or did I turn off this and stuff yep. like that? But eventually we will settle down. But we should... Try practicing, just be, even sometimes when we're not praying, let's just try and practice being in a 
quiet place, a really quiet place that really helps. It's so hard though. It is hard. It's so hard. We're inundated. We're inundated with noise everywhere. That, everywhere. That's so <laughs> true. Um, thank you so much for for being here. I have. Uh, did you have one more thing you want to yes, say? Yes, I wanted to say something. I had some scriptures, but I'm not. We uh, there are two scriptures I really want us to uh, listen to. One thing I wanted to talk about is, in not only do we pray, we need to pray in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I hear people yeah. not ending their prayer. They'll say in His name, in in whose name, and there's a reason because it's, Jesus is the one that commanded us to pray in His name, and this particular scripture is in, uh, I think, two scriptures I want to mention here. Um, John 14, 13 says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. And there's a reason he's saying that. He said, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That is the reason why we pray in the name of Jesus. It's not really about the Jesus himself but he wants his father that sent him on an errand to be glorified mm. that is why we pray in his name and the, and that is john 14 13 and the last scripture is this with all the work of prayer first john 5 14 says this is the confidence we have in approaching god that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us mm. I hear, I hear scriptures like that. And then I also, I know plenty of people, myself included, that would say, well, God doesn't, he didn't answer my prayer. Or, you know, so what would you say to somebody who, like, I did pray and God didn't do what I asked? Yeah, but I've had a lot of um, preaching. It's not about us. It's about what he wants to accomplish in our lives. Our work is to pray. We don't know whether what we're asking for it's not the right thing for us at That's that right. particular time. He may, he will answer, and he may choose not to answer. But if we, we could, it could open the future, and to tell us why he's not answering the prayer, you will say, "Thank you, Lord, for not answering that prayer." That's exactly right. Because he knows the future, and we don't know. We just see what is in our periphery. Yeah, Tim Keller. I love a quote that he has. He says, "God will always give you what you would have asked for if you knew everything that He knew." He would always give you what you would have asked for. Um, I have one practical question. Um, you mentioned a while ago where you're using technology to, to foster your scripture memorization. And uh, what are you using for that? What, is it an app? Um, is there something that you'd like to go to, to to help with that? No, I just program it uh, in my phone. You know how we, like, it's like a reminder. Like if you want your phone to remind you to do something at five o'clock, right? You go there. So what I do is I will, uh, if I see a scripture that I like, <sighs> let me tell you what I do. I'm, a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm the queen of like multitasking. So I will look up the scripture, you know, how you have the Bible app, mm -hmm. right? So you do the Bible app, you tap it, tap it, and you send it. Send it to yourself as, uh, as a text message or something. Yeah. Then you copy and you go to your uh, calendar. So I go Thursday, 7 a.m. or whatever. I'm just picking a time. And they just paste it on there. And then I set my reminder, remind every day, maybe 12 o'clock, you know, mm -hmm. reminder. And it, and every 12 o'clock, it just pops up to you. Yeah. So it's you're just, setting like a calendar appointment. That's right. 
Interesting. It's a, it's a calendar appointment and it just pops up to you every day and you do it for an end at a month by that time. So at lunchtime, if you know that's the time you eat your lunch, it, it pops up to you. You read it, you meditate on it, the following day it does it. And they say that if you do something for 30 days, it becomes part of you. Mm-hmm. And so you just said it for 30 days. And at the end of 30 days, that scripture becomes part of you. Do you keep memorizing it even if you feel like you have memorized it? Do you keep going for full 30 days? No, if you no, you just change it. I do okay. two or three at a time, and then and then you pray that scripture. Gotcha. Okay, so you you flex with it. You do you know sometimes it takes a little bit longer, sometimes shorter, but yes. you're you're setting a calendar appointment. That's, that's correct. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, thank you for taking the time to come and, and share that with us. I know I got a ton out of what you said. I really did. Um, and we're just so grateful that you're part of our family, and uh, we love you, Miss Ola. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, I hope we get to do it again, actually. I'm already thinking about, you know, maybe doing a series on this or something like that. But, uh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Fellowship family. Uh, say hi to Miss Ola when you see her around uh, St. George's. And uh, we will see you next time. <laughs>